You're listening to JM Partners Atlanta Market East Drop, a quick real estate update from Jerry Metcalf Partners, real estate agents on the ground in Atlanta, talking about what it's like, what to expect, the pros, the cons, and what to consider to align yourself and your loved ones for the best opportunities. All right, everybody, it's the JM Partners, Atlanta Home Market East Drop. And today we are going to talk about mortgages. We kind of take for granted or think we all know what locking your rate is and means. So we brought Kevin Dwyer with South State, who is an exceptional lender from Atlanta, been working with us for years. Clients keep raving about him and how informative he is. We thought we'd just bring him on and share with us. Kevin, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Everybody's looking great this morning. Everybody, Jack, say hi. Adam's here with us, and we got Bridget here with us today. Morning. Morning. What's up, everyone? Hi, Kevin. How are you? Glad you're here. So, yeah, good to have him here, right? So we're we're going to talk about, it's funny, y'all, we've been going live, but I just have to say, today, we are, like, live, live, for real. Um, anyway, three things to know about locking your mortgage rate. Number one, Kevin's going to talk to, tell us about, like, okay, locking your mortgage, what is that really? because a lot of people think they know or we think they know and they don't, we don't. Number two, what you might need to know or want to know about timing and the different parameters around that. And number three is actually about lower might not be better, which a lot of people might've just turned off this podcast interview right now say, no, no, lower is always better. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So, Kevin, get us started with what is locking your rate? Locking your rate. Yeah. So that is basically your commitment that you are buying that particular interest rate or telling your lender, you know what? I want that rate. I want that pricing. And it's locked for a period of time. So it is your commitment with that with that particular lender based off of the pricing of that day for that interest rate that you're getting. So once you do that, your closing is going to be 30 or 45 days later. How long is your lock getting into timing? Yeah. So the, the kind of standard pricing goes anywhere from 15 days up to 90 days on a, on a rate lock. And what's important to know about that is that you want to make sure that your closing date is happening within that time frame. Um, so, you know, the market in mortgage pricing can change on a daily basis. And so you want to make sure that if you're closing in 30 days, your lock covers that period. So you don't have to worry about paying extension fees or anything along those lines. I had a question on that, Kevin. Um, speaking of that specifically, I think many buyers and sellers aren't that clued in when it comes to the extended rate lock. So I think on a 90 day, there is such a thing as a, buy down or float down do you want to speak to yeah. that really quick yeah so the the so the the increments that they go every 15 days um for for most lenders on the rate lock so the the longer you lock the more expensive it is because it's more exposure basically that the lender bank has with that interest rate lock out in the market so if if you're looking at a 30-day rate lock it it might cost you say a quarter discount point or a half discount point to lock it for 90 days. Okay. And then if you lock it for 90 days, you will generally have the option between then and when you close for a one-time float down option, because you've locked it 
for a longer period of time. So if you locked it and the market came down a good bit, say 15, 20 days from when you're closing, most lenders will give you the option of having a float down um, with that with that rate like you did 65, 70 days ago. That's good to know. Thank you. Absolutely. Good to know too, when we're in contracts, working terms on contracts, and it's relevant to getting approved for the loan, what the interest rate is when we're going to close, and knowing those parameters to put, to put together terms, especially in a strong market, on what our flexibility is to almost work like a cash buyer when there are assumptions that we can't. Adam, you had a question before we started recording about this. Well, yeah, I mean, I had a question the other day, or when we were talking last time about um, what we can, not necessarily how a lower rate is necessarily better in certain situations. Um, and why is that? Because I think everyone's going out there right now, they're fighting, they're like, I want the lowest rate, the lowest rate, shopping around, putting all the lenders together to try to put them competitive against each other. But that's not necessarily always the best thing to do. And maybe some help explaining that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, cause everybody, it's just almost, you want, it's almost a, a bragging right at a cocktail party, right. Or when we used to do cocktail parties to say like, Ooh, I've got a 1% rate. Um, but what you paid for that rate is something that you might not want to put the bumper stick on your back of your car with. But so I think what's, what's important uh, to know with that, and this kind of gets into the whole conversation with your, mortgage advisor is just like, what are your actual financial goals, right? So just recently I had a client that had like a half million dollar mortgage and he was like, I want two and a half percent. I want two and a half percent, but it was going to cost him more money to get two and a half percent. And he said, I'm only going to be here for five years. And it was, so I said, well, look at, look at 2.75 and actually you'll get a lender credit with that instead of paying points. And I said, it's only $42 difference a month. I go, you'll save $7,000 in five years by actually taking a higher rate. And he was like, what? And so it's important to know that, yeah, low, a low rate can be great, but what you pay for that rate compared to an alternative rate might not be great for your financial situation there. Well, that comes into the time value of money, what you can do with that money now, besides mm -hmm. the fact that it's more money now. Jack, you had some great questions earlier about rates and a little bit, um, we may go down a rabbit hole, so we'll keep it brief, but really on what determines, we've been talking a little bit about it, but getting a little bit into what really determines rates. I know, Kevin, you'd said they can change. A lot of us assume that they're kind of stable and they're not really doing that much, but they can change day to day. But Jack, kind of go into that with some of your questions too. Yeah, we just talked about some of the key indicators like the CPI, um, consumer price index, um, just kind of the market, how when people are jumping into the stock market, that's not necessarily good for um, for rates, for uh, mortgage-backed securities and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, just talking to that um, and how people can maybe pick up on that, maybe have some foresight and not reacting and, you know, being kind of yeah. left in the dust, per se. Yeah, and um, – and, and it's because I, I send out to my my clients that are out in the market. I actually send them some of the tools that I use so they can actually see just specifically with mortgage backed securities because everybody's like, oh, I follow the 10 year treasury and the rate should be doing this. So they're, they're every every week, every month, there's economic indicators like you mentioned that come out that kind of give us a barometer of what's happening in the market. Right. How is inflation doing? How is consumer sentiment? How are 
the retail sales, which is how, you know, people out spending money in the economy. And all of that goes into how uh, the bond market's doing and how the stock market's doing for the most part. So that all those pieces that come out, and that's what sometimes people don't realize. I might tell you a rate and a, a fee a week ago. If, if a lot happened in the market within that last week, that, that rate and fee could be totally different. Um, so it's important for people to know, like this does change daily, um, in a normal market. It, it's not, you know, super, super volatile, but like when we had things happen last year with this coronavirus, we saw rates move a full point within 24 hours. So it so went Kevin, from like, yeah. Kevin, t well, tell us a little bit about, you were just about to say, but like the relation of the inverse relation of the stock market to interest rates or bonds and interest rates, CPI and interest rates, what CPI is just, I know we're going to be quick, but that'll help everybody listening. That's really get a grasp on what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, give you so one example of an interest rate that went from something to something during, during coronavirus, maybe start with that and then elaborate for us. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, what, what drives it is like, is, is what Jackie did upon, which is like, if you're, if you're, if you're putting your money into the bonds, that will typically have a better impact for mortgage rates. When, when the investors start jumping out of the bonds, um, that ends up having a, a negative impact on the, on the mortgage rates from that standpoint. So what happened when coronavirus hit is that the mark, all the markets were in kind of haywire, right? Nobody knew mm -hmm. what was going on. We felt like the world was shutting down. And so we saw in a mortgage rate, a typical thing at that time was three and a half percent it went to four and a half percent within like a 24 hour period. And was the that, impact was that, that has, was that, that because that's people, was that because people jumped into the stock market? That's what, that's why you saw that? Or was it? Well, the gloves at that time, the gloves were off, right? Because I mean, you had people just pulling money out of everything. Right. Um, right. So right. that, that was, that was, a, and, and it luckily it all settled back down. And then since then, you know, we've seen interest rates go from, say 3.75 down to where we are today of almost, you know, 2.75. Um, so it, that, that was kind of, but was, if you were in the midst of buying a house right in that time, I mean, it could have changed on you like that from a, from a rate standpoint. Well, it was just a risk thing. It went up because the risk was high and it went up because, and then in banks were just pulling out, like, never mind, we're not doing jumbos anymore. So it changed right. it was like, I mean, everything, supply and demand, mm -hmm. simple supply and demand. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. So in review, today we were talking about mortgage rates, what they are, what locking your mortgage rate really is. And number one, I'm reading over here, guys, but locking, <laughs> for those of you who are watching today, but locking your mortgage rate, the timing, what, what to consider. There, there are a lot of things about timing that are really relevant, not just to your mortgage, but to your transaction and buying a home. And then last but not least, what do you mean lower is not better? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. So it's Valentine's Day weekend. I want to ask y'all a question since y'all just asked me so many questions about the market on an early Friday morning. Um, favorite sappy romance movie? Go ahead. Oh, Jack, go. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's all oh, you got. Oh, Wait, I know Jerry's. I've got one. <laughs> yeah, you are Jerry. I'm not good with these. I'll start because this is dark. Y'all, people are going to be like, this girl is crazy. And I can't undo this. It's live, live. But... <laughs> For whatever reason, this movie always comes to mind though, Pulp Fiction. That's what? <laughs>
But it has its own like twists of fate, right? I just that is one of my most favorite love story movies. I do love Pulp Fiction. (laughs) I do love Pulp Fiction. I love Quentin Tarantino. Nothing's good. Somebody do better. I think you're doing this legit. Titanic. The Titanic's a good movie. I thought you were going to hit. You're sappy. Hate me like one of your French girls, Jack. Come on. (laughs) He has for sappy. If Chad are on here, it'd be Hitch. Or it's Adam. Hitch, Hitch, Hitch is out. It's good, Hitch. Oh, Hitch. <laughs> I oh, her Bridget. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, keep going. Hitch is it. See, the movie The movie gets going. Adam, what, you didn't come up with one. I, I mean, I. <laughs> Hitch was our team movie. We watched Hitch as a team. Not even kidding. Best <laughs> life. We did romance. watch the team. I, I love. the best business advice ever on that. It's the best. <laughs> That that has to be that has to go down. I've never heard of a romance movie. That's just like I've never heard of Pulp Fiction. It's like, hey, what's your favorite love story movie? A uh, Silence of the Lambs. You know, when Clarice, <laughs> I just feel like that's one of the most love best love stories when they get to talk at the end. Is that the equivalent of saying Die Hard? To there were some moments in there. Yeah. I don't even remember the end. I just wanted yeah. a chance to talk about the that's movie. A okay, that's too dark. There's funny. a show called Clarice. Now, Silence of the Lambs, that's Clarice. way too dark. I can't watch that stuff. No. That's a great love story. Watch it over the weekend with your Silence hubby. Silence of the Lambs? Maybe another. <laughs> What's yours, Kevin? What's yours? Oh, gosh. Uh, that's a great, oh, you know what? You know what's a fantastic one? I haven't seen Crazy Stupid Love with Steve, Steve Carell. That sounds mm-hmm. like a good one. That's Steve a good Carell, one. Not watching it. I don't it's, even like the sap. It's I'm, awesome. gonna, I'm gonna Google Steve Carell. It's just it's not like even sappy. Steve Carell. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling did it. That's a good sappy love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a good one, Kevin. Huh? Wait, for wait, go ahead. Forty year old version. You gotta love it. <laughs> that's a good one. That's, Everybody likes my romantic movie, forty-year-old version. That's a romantic movie. That go with it. That's also great for sales, by the way. <laughs> it's great for just ask questions. That's a big. Do you guys not remember? Did you not watch it? Forty-year-old version. Yes, we've watched it. Forty-year-old version. Great yeah. sales. Great sales advice in that one too. Huh. Trying to like win all these women, and like just just stop and ask questions. Just ask questions. I mean, and they've got the same ask questions. Maybe knocked up. Great, another great. Oh God, that's a good one. That sounds like a horror film, actually. Uh, <laughs> I say perfect. that as someone with two children who loves them like more than anything. That is great. Phenomenal in that movie. Is it really? What's so great about it? It's a good movie. It ends great up. Love story. It's called yeah. Knocked Up. Yeah, you haven't seen it. No. Gotta get Jerry watches the more. She doesn't watch the sappy movies. She doesn't watch the. I like forty year old virgin hitch and yeah, it's sappy. Like if I, see, I like pause off delete. What's it's that? A little bit of a chick flick. It's kind of the same. Next team That's trip, cool. we'll, we'll do right, a legit flitch chick flick. How about that? There we go. We have it. Is there Nick Hitch is a chick flick? I'm pretty sure. What? Yeah. Is there another it, question? It should be a guy flick. That's the best guy advice ever on that movie. <laughs> There's like Chad, you take, just you take a note. <laughs> no, we can hear you. I can't hear y'all. Can you hear me? I've got it. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Who wants to close this out? Oh, there you go. I can hear you now. All right, Kevin, why don't you close it out? <laughs> want me to close it out? 
like no prayer yeah. or what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. Say happy Valentine's Day. Bye. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Happy Valentine's Day. So thanks everybody. Subscribe to this show. If you like what you hear, you want to keep up to date on the Atlanta market or have any friends that do. Thanks again for joining us, Kevin. Thanks, oh, thanks, thanks Adam. Thanks, Bridget. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great weekend. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the JM Partners Atlanta Market Eavesdrop. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with your friends who might be moving or who just want to keep up with the latest on the Atlanta residential market. You can find us anytime online at jmpartners.io. That's jmpartners.io.